You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. You're wearing Brad Cox pajamas right now. You're damn right I am. Yeah. You're damn right. Let's and go. I love Mandaloon. Brandon Jaggers. This is the this is the Kentucky Derby. This is Judmont Farms. They 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 come to win. They are a winner. Okay. I can't really get past it. So this is my winner. And me, CC brought us. But honestly, CC, you know, when I go in the mornings and I see essential quality, this horse is a winner. It's a great sake winner. It's a champion. This horse is a champion. And I don't see many champions in this field. This is my winner. I'm going to stick with it. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 54 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. I'm CC Broadus and I'm joined by Alan Schneider. Say hello, Alan. Hello, everyone. Pretty slow week in the news around these parts, but uh, how is everybody doing? And we're also joined by Brandon No Show Jaggers. Brandon, how's it going? Yeah, sorry, guys. I had too many mint juleps the past week, and I've been working the test site. <laughs> nice. Good job. So, uh, Brandon, have you ever tested positive for beta-methasone? Probably on a weekly basis when I was running for my marathon training. All my different marathons I ran, I had all kinds of uh, ointments on my skin. But honestly, I, I have no idea. I don't read what's in those things. <laughs> well, Alan, the, the, the word beta-methasone has entered our lexicon, unfortunately. But uh, uh, we do have some good news. Uh, yes. One of, our, one of our favorite guests had a, a, a great weekend last weekend and he's he's joining us right now and alan's going to introduce him yeah we uh folks so much in the news this week the negative kind of brings you down and stuff uh we figure we can wallow in the muck and in the mire of the past week's occurrences or or we can celebrate the successful great people in this game that both make and keep it so enjoyable for for all of you guys listening and for brandon cc and myself I'm always going to choose option number two there. I'm, I'm going to try to celebrate the good people in the game. And that's why we invite our next guest back this evening. Uh, in case you didn't notice, amidst all the other uh, news stories this week, uh, this guy had one hell of a weekend. Uh, his Philly lady, Edith, took on not one, not two, but three Wesley Ward turf sprinters and a Brad Cox Philly in the Mamzelle Stakes at Churchill Downs. And guess who got the win? Not those guys. It was our next guest and pal, Tom Drury. So, Tom, the question is, how is life treating you this week? Oh, man, I'm still I'm still in the clouds. It, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've joked with everyone that will listen to me that that win picture took me 30 years to get. And, uh, you know, to finally to finally win the stake at the home track. Uh, you know, it may as well have been the first Saturday in May for us. We were, you know, we it, it just it was just such an exciting day. You know, I've been following this game for a long time. Uh, I'm a fan of yours. I, I have my trainer crutches. Uh, won a lot of money on your horses over the years. And uh, I've been following Kentucky Racing forever. I was shocked when I heard that was your first stakes win at Churchill. Um, I thought I knew some things. So, number one, that's surprising from a personal standpoint. And, and number two, I was really impressed with Lady Edith, who's always shown a bunch of talent, 
blistering speed. She came from off the pace and split horses late to win that race. A hell of a ride by Brian Hernandez. Uh, uh, what did you think about the race itself? I mean, that horse showed a whole new dimension. Well, I can just tell you how, how horses make trainers and jockeys look really smart. The game plan was uh, the game plan was to be forwardly placed. We were going to be right in behind the leaders and uh, hopefully be able to hopefully be able to kick on from there. And Lady Edith had a different plan and kind of hopped away from the gates. And, you know, she got away fine, but it wasn't her usual self. And uh, I, I believe, you know, if you look just leaving the gates, we were actually last at one point. And. Wow. And that's where having, you know, having a seasoned rider like Brian, he, you know, he immediately took it to plan B and, and, and didn't rush her, just let her get her feet underneath her. And, uh, but, but, but even from then on, and, you know, those grass sprints, they're such tough run races, you know, because everybody's fighting for position and, you know, as quick as they start, they're over. And, uh, and it just seemed like for the first half mile, everywhere Brian put her head, it just wasn't where we really wanted to be. You know, there was a lot of, a lot of stop and go, a lot of checking and, uh, you know, fortunately, our filly just she just kept coming. And, uh, you know, this is one of those situations where you 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 have to give the horse all the credit. And and I'm just so proud of her. I, I, I mean, she just uh, certainly didn't get the best trip in the world, but she kept coming. And to be able to get up in the last few jumps, it was uh, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find the words to describe it. It was an exciting day for us. Well, you know, that's that, that's what threw me about the race. Because Brian split horses late, got through late. But, you know, I've only watched the race one time. But in real time, look at me, he's almost hand riding the horse late. Like, he knew he had it, despite all that trouble. Uh, it just makes me think this horse has bigger things coming. I mean, I, I think you've got a lot of potential with this. Uh, there's maybe more stakes races in this horse's future. Well, that's that, that's what we're, you know, that's what we're hoping for. And I, I, I ran a horse the next day, and I didn't get much of a chance to talk to Brian after the race. And uh, the next day I ran one, and we were kind of chatting about it. And, 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 and that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, he said there was a point in the race where it's like if I just find a hole, I'm, you know, I know I've got plenty of horse. And, uh, and you know, he kind of laughed and said, you know, uh, her getting away bad might have been the best thing that ever happened to her. But with a clean trip, you know, she she might have been two or three lengths the best horse that day. So, uh, you know, it, uh, just from – from what you're hearing from your jock and, and seeing how she came out of the race, everything seems to be positive, and you would you would just hope that we can continue to move forward from where we're at now. Yeah, I remember I remember when the horse debuted at Ellis. That was one hell of a uh, a really nice turf maiden uh, field they had that day. A lot of really nice, well bred horses, and your horse took a lot of money and just blitzed that field. So I'm not surprised this horse is now a stakes winner at this age. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to her. It's, it, I thought it was a thrilling win. I, I think I you guys. I, I, I think you guys were the first ones to to, to hear about her. I, I think the last time I was on, we had a little discussion about her. If I'm not mistaken, she had she had ran the one started L. And uh, and we were just talking about the fact that she could potentially have some upside. And now here we are. You know, I really like your memory. Uh, uh, your your memory is great, Tom. <laughs> Excellent point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think you guys were one of the some of the first guys to 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 be on to her actually. Yeah, we we know our Kentucky racing. I got to say that not as much as you do, but we do know we do love our Kentucky racing. I, I guess I should point out that that was just the start of your weekend. Because the following day, there's a horse always had a ton of talent. Is it Claiborne or who owns? I'm talking about Sprawl. That's, Sprawl uh, that, that's Claiborne and Adele Dillschneider. They they only won partnership. Oh, yeah, well. that horse has always shown a touch, a, a lot of talent. You, you knew the horse always knocking on the door, but took it to the next level in the Sunday finale, I want to say. That horse drew off to win easily. 
And uh, is that three-year-old or four-year-old? It's four-year-old, right? Yeah, he's four now. That's correct, yeah. But uh, the yeah, way he, he won. Oof. Yeah, he came to me He came to me last fall, and uh, uh, the, I, I remember seeing him. I actually ran against Sprawl uh, in the Ellis Park Derby with Art Collector, and we were next to each other in the paddock, and I remember noticing just because, obviously, the Claiborne connection – and uh, he, they gave him some time off after that race, and he came to me, and it would have been late fall, early winter, and we ran him once in New Orleans this winter. He ran great. He, you know, he needed the race. It was the first start off the layoff, but it was, you know, he, he ran a good closing kind of race, and uh, the Ben Ali, you know, it was it was just a crime that we couldn't win the Ben Ali with him. He, you know, he ran such a game race that day. He was stuck down inside on an off race track. I think he was beaten less than a length for the win, and and, uh, you know, we felt like he had jumped forward, but, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I was hoping that he would run well on Sunday. I thought he would run well, but, but he, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I was a little surprised myself. I mean, he really, I mean, he, he, he stayed, I mean, he looked like a man amongst boys on Sunday. He did. It was one, it was one of those races where the, the horse is in the lead on the turn for home. And it, you can just tell the jock's confident. The horse looks confident. They're all just chasing. And, and it's just a matter of when he says to put him away. He puts him away, and it just drew off. I, I thought the, the horse has has tremendous upside. Uh, you got a lot of plans over the summer to, to go with this horse, I'd say. It'd be exciting to see what you pick out. Yeah, you know, there's there's you know the the good thing about it is there's so many spots for a horse like him. Uh, you know, I, I – I, I think we'll probably have him nominated to several things and we'll kind of see who's going where and who's going to show up. And, and then we can kind of, kind of make our decision from there. But, um, but, you know, it looks like he came out of the race well. And, and, and again, yeah, there's, there's, there should certainly be a lot of upside to him. And, you know, we, of course, <laughs> a lot of Derby stuff over the weekend, a lot of, a lot of great performances by horses over Derby weekend and such. And, there's 27 races on those two days and, and some of the horses performances kind of get lost in the shuffle, but you know, I'm not going to ignore a horse that, that catches my eye and the horse that caught my eye on, I want to say Saturday was extreme. Extreme ran against a one hell of a field and absolutely battled through a blistering pace the whole way and still held second. It took a, took a Brad Cox monster to beat her. Uh, tell me, tell me about extreme. Are you as excited about that horse as I think you might be? You know, he did everything but pull a knife on that horse trying to win the race. <laughs> You're I mean, right. He, uh, you know, he was hooked by the long shot early on. They went fast. And, fast. Uh, you know, you're stuck down inside of that horse. So you really got no you got no option. I mean, you, you just kind of have to play the hand that you're dealt. But uh, uh, for him to still be around at the end of it and, and to still be pinning his ears and fighting the way he was, I was I was so proud of him. He. uh you know, he's been a, a little bit unlucky. He's, he's hooked Brad Cox two races in a row and uh, and ran the same exact race two races in a row where, I mean, he was just as game as they come. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping I can get a copy of Brad's condition book and avoid him the next time. And uh, and hopefully we'll go get our picture taken. Oh, it's not going to be long. I mean, I literally, I mean, I actually bet the Brad Cox horse that day. But as, as they crossed the wire, I was like, because you, you always go back, and if, if you're any kind of horse player, you go back and, and look at the race and see what you miss and what, what you may see going forward. I, I thought Extreme Run run an amazing race, so uh, I'll be looking I'll be looking for it next time. So I was uh, I was impressed with the uh, and, and you don't hear him say it very often, but even the track announcer when they when he called the first three horses that crossed the finish line, 
he said uh, he made a comment and he said extreme just ran too good to lose today. And Amen. and you don't you don't hear an, an announcer say that very often. So uh, yeah, I mean it was it, you know he. I mean, that's that's all we can ask of our horses is to give us what they've got. And, and I think he certainly went above and beyond that on, on Derby Day. And, you know, I, I, there's another one that I haven't checked off yet. I've never won a race on Derby Day. And, man, coming to the coming to the eighth pole, I thought I thought we were home free. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully extreme will still be around. Maybe we can try them, try them again next year. Yeah, that's the funny thing is, is the horse, despite battling like that, held off two really good horses and the race up for those two horses. So that's why, so that's why I'm kind of excited about Extreme. So uh, Extreme made a fan. Tell him well, next time you go see him in the barn, tell him he's got a fan and an ally, okay? <laughs> I will definitely do that, definitely. Um, I know you've got a couple horses up this weekend on Saturday. I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, they both – both horses – think look pretty good but uh we'll get to that in a little bit we'll see if these guys want to talk to you about anything real quick tom yeah hey, tom, tom this is cc i gotta i, I just want to back up and ask you a few questions about sprawl sure uh, looking at the pedigree of this this guy and he's got a tremendous female family the mother didn't produce a whole lot but this uh, he's he's got he's in the same family with uh good stallions like uh, congrats and uh, flatter, flatter. Yeah, and, yeah. But going, going further back, he traces back the glowing, glowing tribute that was from the uh, the the uh, Rokeby stable. Paul Mellon, that mare was a winner on grass. Is there any way this horse could run on grass? He's by City Zip. He's raced on well, grass once. Well, he certainly could. I, I mean, I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'm going to be making any changes off his race on Sunday. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it, it was an off race track and we certainly want to take that into consideration. But uh, uh, I would say that wherever he goes next, we'll probably be be looking to run him on the dirt. But uh, uh, that's not to say that we won't try the grass at some point. I actually I actually trained his mother as well. She was one of the first horses that I ever got for Claiborne. Uh, I, she just sticks in my head and. The reason being, I, she broke her maiden first time out at Belterra. She was a smaller kind of filly, but she was well put together, had a little turn of foot. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hancock actually came to Belterra the day that she ran. And, and that, that was my first win, win photo with them. So that was oh. kind of a, you know, I mean, I, I when you grow up being a fan of horse racing, you know who Claiborne Farm is and, and you know, the Woody Stevens and Seth and Swale and Pulpit. And, I mean, gosh, I could go on for for days but uh you know to be able to win a race for him and to be standing next to seth hancock it you know it was a pretty humbling experience and uh uh needless to say you know with her being with her being my first win photo with them i i, I know her as well as anyone would and 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 to, to now have sprawl and to be able to win a race with him it's it's pretty special hammering on that point some more i, just, I don't want to be too nosy but uh are you thinking Stephen Foster at all, or, or maybe shipping around to maybe like Prairie Meadows or, or something like that? You know, he'll, he'll it, yeah, well, God, I, I, I feel like you've been looking at my training chart. Uh, he'll be <laughs> he'll be nominated to all of the above. Uh, he'll be nominated to the Foster. He'll be nominated to the Cornhusker. Uh, you know, I, the main thing with me is, you know, we, we we're just kind of coming out of the race. We just want to make sure that he's good and that everything's where it needs to be. And you know, the good thing about horses like him is. You know, there's a stake over at Indiana that we can look at um, uh, that that race. We won, we actually won that race with departing several years ago. Um, the I think it's the Schaefer mile yeah. or something or other. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we've, you know, uh, the, you know, Mountaineer will have a, a race on their West Virginia Derby undercard. So there's, there's going to be plenty of options for him. Uh, I would say he'll probably be nominated to several spots. And then as we go along, we'll figure out which one's going to suit him the best. I'm going to brag on behalf of you because I know you're not, you, you, you wouldn't do this, but there, there's only a handful of trainers that in my lifetime that's ever trained for Claiborne Farm. Like and I could think of Shug McGahee and uh, Al Stahl uh, had the blame with uh, Claiborne and Adele Dill Schneider. I mean, you're, you're, I guess, I, I think Bill Mott probably, but you, you're among a, uh, a select list of trainers. So that's oh gosh, I mean, you know, you look at uh, Woody Stevens and Richard Mandela and Shug and Bill and Al and Frankie Brothers and uh, you know to be able to uh, I, I, you know just to be able to kind of slightly put yourself in a category with those guys. I mean it, uh, yeah. I mean that that's what it's all about, and uh, it's you know they they've just given me so many opportunities and opened some doors for me and. Uh, whether it's Seth or Walker, I've actually got one in tomorrow at uh, Belterra for Mrs. Hancock. Uh, this is this is actually the first horse that she's raced herself. Uh, oh, she, we were able to cheat a filly named Miss Stella. She 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 won first time out at Indiana and uh, and uh, you know just it, it, the the entire family's you know that's that's their their life is horse racing and to be able to to be associated with them it's just it's just been a blessing. Before I turn over to Brandon, I uh, wanted to ask you about Art Collector. He's doing good. He's back breezing again. I've got him at Skylight. Uh, Yay! He'll, and uh, he'll he'll breeze. He'll actually breeze this weekend. And I, you know, it's kind of he's kind of to that point of where I, I need to start making a decision whether I want to whether I how much how much more I want to do at Skylight. You know, it's about ready. It's about time to take him into Churchill and and start turning the screws. But he's doing fantastic. He. Uh, I ended up giving him just a little bit more time than I originally thought I was going to. I just I felt like he did good over the winter, but uh, you know he's not a real big horse, and he had a tough campaign last year. And I, I just uh, you know it took me a long time to 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 get a horse like Art Collector in my barn, and we just want to make sure that we you know we we don't want to leave any questions. If he needs something, we want to make sure he gets it. And uh, I just felt like he needed just a little bit more time. We gave that to him, and and it, it he's certainly paying us back for that now. He just he he just looks phenomenal. Everything's in good order. And I, I may have dreamt this up, but I thought I saw it on Facebook. Maybe are did you get the uh, the the maybe a little sibling to our collector? I did. I've got I've got his half brother at Churchill. Uh, he's uh, he's a half to art collector by into mischief and. Oh <laughs> and uh yeah i'm 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 gonna talk to you guys and then when i hang up the phone i'm gonna go sleep in his stall with him and uh <laughs> and, and make sure he's okay but uh yeah he's he his name's legionnaire and uh he's he's up to halves and and you know he's 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 doing he's doing well i'm i'm really excited about him okay brandon well, man, I didn't know about that one. So, uh, Tom, <laughs> man, I thought, I thought there. you, I didn't think anything got past you guys. I, uh, <laughs> well, I feel no, like I, I pulled one over here. <laughs> I, I had a lot of distractions lately with love and I'm getting married in a few weeks and all that. But, uh, you know, Craig and Alan ground me and remind me the enthusiasm I have for horse racing. So I appreciate the comments and, uh, what barn is that horse in again? Uh, we're in barn 18 at Churchill. Oh, I'll be there. I'll see you soon. <laughs> He'll be there. You guys yeah. have an open. You guys have an open invite. 
We'll be I, there. I need an open stall. Let me let me come <laughs> stay the night there because stay the night in my house is a little too empty right now. But uh, <laughs> I kind of want to go backwards a little bit, and I hate to retract, but you took a field trip where they don't have racetracks. <laughs> you, you went to Frankfurt in February. I think it was early February. What were you doing in Frankfurt again? Uh, you know, they, they, they asked me to speak uh, on behalf of the uh, the instant racing. Um, you know, that was a pretty, pretty, pretty serious topic for, you know, for Kentucky earlier this year. And uh, it was, uh, y- you know, it was probably going to be the difference between some of these racetracks staying open and closing and, and, uh, I, I, I don't know. I can only assume that everybody that was qualified to speak that day was busy. So, that, <laughs> so they, so they asked me to go and, uh, and, and it just, uh, you know, it was probably one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in horse racing, just to, you know, to be able to, to sit before the, the Senate committee and to be able to speak on behalf of horse racing in Kentucky and, and, you know, what it's done for me and what it does for so many others. And, uh, I just, uh, I'm just so glad that everything worked out and, and that I wasn't the one that messed it up. So, uh, <laughs> oh, it, yeah. uh, it we, was, we, we all got to watch you that day. The testimony, you know, you, you were, you had Senate John, uh, John Schickel, I think his name, and then Kelly Pendleton, yourself and Mark Guilfoyle, of uh, the Kentucky horse racing, uh, commission. So, I mean, that was a big day. And I'll tell you that Senate bill was 120. I remember it. Uh, and have the historical gaming slots and the purses. I mean, to see the purse money at Churchill, especially Derby Week, and as this meet has continued, is something real good. I mean, it's really good for Kentucky horse racing. We're getting some of the best crop, but it also helps all the other Kentucky horse racing tracks. And I always want to remind our listeners, we're a Kentucky horse racing podcast. You know, mm-hmm. we don't talk much about, you know, New York, California, Florida we cover those tracks when it's when it's time but you know Kentucky is where it's all about we're the I mean the number one state and now we're definitely I think the best best horse racing state there is Mm -hmm. so I hope everybody on the backside has even bought you donuts taking care of your crew is taking time out of your day to do those types of things I mean you talk about being nervous for a podcast then you got to go in front of the senate hearing committee and licenses yeah, you know, I don't know anything about that. So how do you feel that day? Oh, I, 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 I mean, I was washing out bad. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, I, you know, all the way up there, you're thinking, uh, you know, you're thinking, okay, I got this down. I know what I'm going to say. This is my industry. I answer questions about it every day of my life. This is going to be okay. And, and then, and then all of a sudden, you got to click that little button and turn your microphone on and start speaking. And then. And it's like your mind just goes completely blank, and it's like, oh, um, uh, my name's Tommy, and I'm a horse trainer. And then, you know, as uh, as you know, as it went along, it seemed like you know I kind of found my rhythm and, and and found a little bit of a comfort zone with it. But it was uh, it, it it was definitely you know when you sit down at that table and you've got everybody kind of surrounded, it, it it's definitely an intimidating place to be. There's there's no question about that. Well, we we know it's not a sprint; it was a marathon. And I tell you what, you took it in right pace and you brought it home for, for the whole, for everybody in Kentucky, everybody that races, connections, ownership. I mean, you talk, I mean, just everybody, grooms. I mean, it's a big, big, big deal that could have been stopped. You know, these purses could have been crushed. 
Jobs could have been lost. I mean, man, I mean, I'm so glad Kentucky finally made the right move. And we, they, all, they, appreciate, we all appreciate you for doing it. Yeah, they, they really did. And, and you know, the, the one point that I really tried to drive home when I was talking to them is it's not – you know, it's not just owners, trainers, and jockeys. The trickle-down effect of horse racing in Kentucky is second to none because, uh, you know, we are a horse racing state, and you know, it goes all the way down. You know, these these, you know, there's a lot of farmers in Kentucky that rely on us because they mm-hmm. sell us hay and and grain yeah. and feed and things of that nature, and uh, the tax uh, shops, the tax yeah. shops, and uh, you know, we've got some we've got some stores, some local country stores. Uh, out where I'm at, and and you know they feed all the uh, the farm employees lunch every day. That's how they they survive. So it's uh, it you know there's there's a big trickle down effect uh, in Kentucky, and it, it it wasn't it wasn't just a few of us. I mean this was this was a lot of people and and a lot of a lot of livelihoods at stake. So I'm I'm just really glad that that they made the right decision and and uh, now you know now here we are down the road and we're kind of reaping the rewards of it with the purses at Churchill so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's good stuff i tell you just just myself and probably the pod we were all pretty nervous you know not about you but just cuz we could tell you were talking from the heart this is what you know i mean once you know it it's in your heart it, it comes over beautifully yeah it, it just for us and just what we do and everybody else that loves the sport I mean, I was very scared. I mean, we had some great turnout for the last couple of years, especially as the historical game was fueling the pot, and then somebody had to raise their hand about some way the law was written. And you know, I'm I'm glad we made a, made a right. So we appreciate you. Well, and I tell you, I you know, I think there was a lot of little horsemen. I mean, you know, Ellis Park had pretty much come out and and all but said they, you know, if it didn't work, they were going to close. I think. Uh, Churchill would have certainly reevaluated their situation with Turfway, uh, you know, and, and, and that, that, that's, that, that within itself would have eliminated 75% of the little trainers in Kentucky. Yes. Well, as you guys, as you guys well know, I mean, Brad Cox and Chad Brown can't run the whole card. I mean, it takes the little guys to, to, to fill in the blanks and to kind of keep everything moving. And, uh, and it, had we lost those two racetracks, uh, it, it, it would have, you know, you, Churchill and Keelan would have taken a major hit and, and it could have, I mean, it really could have, could have went the wrong way. So, you know, just thank the good Lord, everything worked out and, and, uh, our, you know, our politicians did the right thing and, and, and here we are. And hopefully now we can, again, hopefully now we can reap the, reap the rewards of it and, and continue to move forward. Right. You know, uh, you know, Tom, they say, you know, when you're getting ready to speak for a lot of, public speaking for large people you, you picture everyone you know in their underwear or naked or did, did you do that with the politicians in frankfurt or <laughs> i you know it's uh, it, it was such a blur i i remember i remembered I, I sat down at the table and uh and i thought surely everybody else will speak first you know and give me a chance to kind of watch this and and uh of course not i had to be the first speaker both times so uh <laughs> you know the, the second time i kind of knew what to expect but the first time i Man, I had the deer in the headlights look going. I was just, uh, I was looking around the room, but I have no idea what I was actually looking at. <laughs> awesome. I tell you what, we'll get transition back a little bit to the Saturday car. We're going to talk about some Saturday races at Churchill uh, here shortly. But uh, we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that we have the trainer of two of the horses uh, running on Saturday. And you have one in the third, you have one in the fifth. 
What can you tell us? Uh, of course, I know a little bit about him to begin with anyway. Uh, Natalie's Charm in Race 3, a horse that I want to say ran on Jeff in the finale on Jeff Ruby Day and came flying, yeah. and came flying down the stretch to just miss a tough, tough beat photo. Uh, so he's coming back in Maiden Company on Saturday. What can you tell us about Natalie's Charm? What do you think? You know, she's doing well. I, I kind of felt like, you know, she's a, she's kind of made like a grass poly type horse. Uh, I, you know, I had actually asked Brian Hernandez to go to, to go to Turfway on spiral day. And, and she was the biggest reason I asked him to go. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we thought, we kind of thought we had a shot to win first time out and she broke a little flat footed that day. She was almost last down the backside and, and uh, I, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm blaming the jock. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, that's, I, I, I had the horse there. I mean, I, that, all you can do is blame the jock in these situations. Of course, but, of uh, course. I, you know, she came flying, and and it was one of them situations where they hit the wire together. We still thought we got up, and you know, two jumps past the wire, we're like a length and a half in front, and you know, it was one of them kind of finishes. And unfortunately, she came up just a nostril short. So. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, you know, that being said, if, uh, you know, if everything goes right Saturday and she runs well, I mean, you're, you know, you're talking about a $40,000 pot versus a $100,000 pot. So that's what I was getting ready to say. It could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, there. exactly. Exactly. And then a horse you mentioned last time uh, we were on, uh, uh, Lady Frosted goes in uh, the fifth race, which I believe is a starter allowance. And I think the horse dropped down to 50, uh, which, again, uh, one easy at Keeneland. And again, the, the upside of that is now she's the horse is eligible for starter companies. So big pots there, too. And you can do a lot of damage. What do you think? What do you think about Lady Frosted going forward? You know, I thought her Keelan race was was just spectacular. I mean, she kind of laid just off the pace that day. And when Brian called on her, you know, she I think she you know, she went by three or four. But uh, if you watch the replay back, he never uncocked a stick. I mean, she just kind of did it within herself with her ears thrown up. Uh, I felt like she was just in a situation where she really needed to get in a spot and get some confidence and, and learn how to be a racehorse. You know, uh, I, we tried her in New Orleans a couple times, and she ran well, but uh, just couldn't quite get over the hump down there. And, uh, and you know, that Keeneland race was there. It was a it was a good time frame for her, and she – you know, she just ran lights out. I think if she can run that same race back, I would expect her to be, you know, I would expect her to be right there on Saturday. Uh, do, do you still get nervous when, when they when they go in the gate? Or is it, how's that work? Is it, are the butterflies there? Are you, are you confident? Or are you just, how does that, you know, it, it, you won a lot of races. Does it still feel that way? I just told gate? somebody, I just told somebody Sunday while we were waiting for sprawl that we were, we, we I always kind of walk out with the horses just to, you know, I mean, as a nervous trainer, you just want to kind of watch them in the post parade and make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to be going. And and uh, I, I made a joking comment to somebody, the six minutes in the post parade from the time they leave the paddock to the time they get to the gates, that's the longest six minutes in a trainer's life. It, hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely still get nervous. And uh, uh, but you, but you got to remember, you know, just for one horse in one race, you have to think back about. <clears throat> excuse me about the just the time and the effort and the people involved yeah. and what it takes just to get one horse to one race and uh you know by the time you finally get there and and you know it's getting ready to happen if you're you know if you're not a little nervous then you're in the wrong business 
Yeah, that's something I wish handicappers and horse players would actually appreciate once in a while. It's like, that horse that you're taking for granted at starting gate, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of love, a lot of effort it takes to get that one horse in the gate. And sometimes I think maybe, sometimes horse players are a little too flippant about that. So uh, I, I would agree with that. And, um, you know, one last thing, I guess we'll touch on it. We don't have to touch Tom at long, along uh, the, the saga that we've uh, all been um, – had th- thrust upon us this week or whatever. Just your perspective. Uh, do you have any sort of opinion one way or the other on the the Baffert Gate or however you want to call it? Well, I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to I'm trying to take the high road as much as I can. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of things that you know when you when you see things on social media or you read some of these uh, you know these knee-jerk articles that are being written uh you you, you want to remember that that no official hearing's been conducted yet we don't have the result of the split sample yet there's a lot of unknowns to this still so uh you know to come out and say you know a bunch of horrible things about bob at this stage of the game i think it might be a little premature uh you know the flip side of that coin is this is what the fifth one in a year or or, yeah. or whatever it is uh you know the flip side of that coin is is I think a lot of people, uh, a, a lot of horsemen are frustrated with Bob right now because he's the he's the face of our industry and we are all held accountable for his actions and you know whatever you know something's obviously not getting done in his program correctly and he needs to you know this 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 needs to be addressed or it probably should have been addressed before now and uh, you know that I, I think a lot of the horsemen are finding that part of it pretty frustrating because. Uh, because we're all being held accountable for this. This isn't just Bob that's, right. that's, that people are looking at. It's the it, it's the industry as a whole. So uh, so I, I I think there's you know there's some frustration. But then uh, I'm 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 still willing to say let's you know this this is America and everybody's you know everybody deserves their day in court and you know let's 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 get to the end of this before we before we pass too much judgment. But uh, uh, you know, as, as as of right now, it, it, it's uh, it, it, it's just a difficult time to be a horse trainer because, uh, uh, you know, horse racing's definitely gotten gotten a black eye over this. That's no well said. Well said, uh, Tom. We appreciate your input on that. And uh, do you guys have anything else for our pal Tom real quick? No, I'm good. Doesn't even have to be quick. I don't care. <laughs> Tom, I hope to see you at Barn 18, uh, maybe on a Friday or Saturday. It won't be this week, but it might be next. If you if you come in the evening, I'll be sleeping in stall number one, and you'll just <laughs> just uh, just just look and look under, behind the screen, and you'll see me there sleeping. So uh, yeah. we would we would love to have you guys any anytime you're in the area. Yeah, we uh, that we'll be out there. I I can't wait because I. I I didn't ask you about Randello yet, so I'll have to ask you when to get out there, okay? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll be, we'll, you know, some of these horses that you guys are asking about, we'll uh, we'll head around the barn and let you beat them in person, and and look forward to having you guys. Hey, Sounds hey, Tom, great, Tom. Real quick, so you got a summit at uh, Starlight or uh, Skylight? God, I keep getting them confused. <laughs> and then you're running a, a string at Churchill. So how do you split the time? I don't know how you do it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of long days. Uh, it, it, it's worked out well. I've got two great assistants that uh, have been with me for a long time. And they they uh, fortunately, they usually know what I'm thinking before I know what I'm thinking. So that makes my job a lot easier. Uh, but uh, I normally we start, you know, with Churchill, the first set, usually on the track around 530 in the morning. 
I can stay there through uh, through the first break. I can usually catch the first four or five sets at Churchill. And uh, and from there, I'll hop in the car, hit the skylight, and I'll catch the last five or five or six sets at skylight. And, uh, uh, you know, we do some flip flopping around each day. And that way I'm able to kind of keep my eyes on all the horses. But, uh, you know, gosh, I, you know, to start out with just a couple horses at 18 years old and, and, and dreaming of being a horse trainer and to now be in this situation. I mean, this is, you know, this is everything I've worked for. And, you know, it's just a dream come true. I, you know, Saturday was was kind of the icing on the cake to finally to finally get over the hump at Churchill and to finally get that stakes win at the home track. Uh, that was just that was just huge. I agree. We, we're so happy for you. All right. Well, Tom, thank you again for uh, uh, doing this. You know, we're going to have you back. We can't wait to come out there and see you. Continued success. I don't have to wish you continued success because you're going to have continued success. Uh, you're just too good at what you do and your staff is too good at what you do. So, Again, I'll see you in the winter circle, and we'll see you on the backside in the near future, my man. Yes, sir. We'll look forward to it. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Thanks, Tom. All right. And that was Tom Drury. We're always grateful when he joins us, and, and he's he's a, a brilliant speaker, and, and it's no wonder they, they wanted him to, to go to Frankfurt to speak on behalf of the industry. That's for sure. Brandon? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the one the – one, uh, uh, city in Kentucky that doesn't have a big racetrack, you know, our capital, but it, you know, it controls so much of what, what goes on in the other uh, cities and towns of, of Kentucky. So thrilled to have Tom represent us. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So let's get right to it though. Uh, it, it's been a, it's been one heck of a week uh, in the horse racing industry. Uh, we heard some rumblings last saturday about this anyway somebody had tipped us off that there was the uh yeah the racing commission was back at the baffert barn i, I kind of blew it off as nothing and then later that night of course we started hearing the, the or i saw the uh the rumors flowing on twitter and then it wasn't long the next day till we found out what was going on of course if, if, unless you've been hiding under a rock for the last three or four days you know that medina medina spirit tested positive for beta methazone and which uh correct me if i'm wrong guys that's that's kind of like a like a corticosteroid or it's it's not it's not a it's not the magic bullet like the uh the drug that uh, service and tomorrow were were tapped uh, were wiretapped on last year it's not the magic bullet that cannot be detected this is just it's a legal medication and it, it can be used. It just cannot be used. I believe, well, it cannot be cannot be in the system on race day in Kentucky. And uh, this uh, Medina Spirit tested up to 21 picograms per milliliter of this uh, this uh, or this drug. Now, I'll tell you a story. Back going back several years ago, a buddy of mine said that uh, he did not believe the moon landing existed. <laughs> Never happened. And uh, he, the reason he said that, he went to NASA he, uh, through work. He had to go to NASA. And he talked to a guy, and and the guy told him, he said, did, did the, he asked the guy from NASA, did, did the moon landing actually take place? And he says, well, what does your textbooks tell you? And that's all he would say about it. 
and he 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 kind of told me about it. I got interested in it and I started doing a little research about it and I said, like, well, you know what? I think that's right. I don't think there's any way that we went to, to the moon. I think it may have been faked. And of course, I, I I try to bring that in conversation with people, and, and it's funny. It it really evoked a a really bad reaction that people would get almost angry about. It. It's like what what what's wrong with you? You're 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 you don't believe in the moon landing. I'm like, well. So I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast years later, and he was he was one of those guys that didn't believe in the moon landing, and he he just finally came out and said it. It's like, you know what? I don't know enough about astronomy to make a decision one way or the other. So I'm going to kind of renounce my beliefs that the moon landing never happened. And I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't. I'm not smart enough to know. And I'm kind of the same. I'm not a veterinarian, although I play one on Twitter. <laughs> I I can't make a call on this one way or the other. I, I I've lived through Lance Armstrong and Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire, and I I believe that there's no fairy tales in sports anymore. That we've seen Bob Baffert win seven Kentucky Derbies. He's had a horse of a lifetime every single year for the last six years going back to Bayern in the British Cup Classic and then we've gone through American Pharaoh gone through Justify we've gone through Abel Tasman was a good filly there's just you know every single year there's one or two or three he should have won the Derby with the uh, uh, Mastery a few years ago that horse got injured prior uh, after he won the San Felipe Stakes I love that horse though by the way hmm. Well, you know, and that he's standing at stud right now. That gets that's another point that I want to make. Baffert has never had any of his stars have never really reproduced themselves. Going back to his first Kentucky Derby winner, Silver Charm, was a he was right. a good, real quiet produced or excuse me, real quiet sired Midnight Loot. Uh, War Emblem this is a different story. War Emblem was impotent. He was shipped to Japan. He never could uh, get it up, so to speak. Hello. I hear you. I heard that. <laughs> uh, and then going going on through the ranks. Now looking at Lucky did did sire a British Cup Classic winner. He's done okay at stud. Uh, but all the others have just been uh, failures. And American Pharaoh's done all right on turf so far. He's never really reproduced himself in any type of uh, uh, derby trail prep race, although it's still early. I mean, he's, he's only had maybe, what, three crops to race. He does have a good filly in Harvey's Little Goyle. He's probably going to have a good summer. But, uh, and then Baffert's history is, is not flattering. Several years ago, he, he had seven horses just die of heart attacks on the racetrack. And he, he got off. Well, Scott free for that. They, they, they blame that on rat poison in the stalls. Yeah. You know, but okay, whatever. Then, you know, years later, if you remember prior to the Breeders' Cup Classic, when he won with Bayern, he ran in the, the race is now the awesome against stakes and shared belief was in there for Jim Rome. And, um, Baffert entered two, one went straight to the lead. The other one took shared belief out into the six path. 
yeah. uh, going into the first turn. He did that again in Justify's Belmont Stakes with Restoring Hope. When Justify won the Triple Crown, he entered Restoring Hope, who basically blocked he blocked uh, two of Pletcher's horses out into the parking lot, trying to keep them from getting the lead. Florent Giroux rode that horse like he was riding a quarter horse coming out of the gate. And this year, he did the same thing with Medina Spirit in Life is Good San Felipe Stakes. Yeah. Medina Spirit put was put into the three or four path. Uh, so, you know, and then he's had Airgate, who came on the scene in the Travers at 11 to 1. He won by 10 lengths and then became a super horse for about three races before he uh, he, he faded into oblivion, basically. And it's it just seems like it's it's one tail after another. And then then last year, he won both editions of the Arkansas Derby with Charlatan and Nadal. Nadal hurt himself and went to the sidelines. Charlatan got busted for the for the positive. And he explained it away. I can't remember how this went, but it was the salon pass <coughs> that, that the groom wore. He got busted again later in the summer with Merneath. And this is where the groom pissed in the stall after drinking cough syrup. And, <laughs> and the horse ate the hay and tested positive. That was at Del Mar. And then, again, he, uh, he tested positive with Gamine and the Oaks. When she finished third with uh, the drug that's in question now, beta-methazone. But, uh, and now here we are again with beta-methazone. And, you know, either, either Baffert is the dirtiest player in the game or he's the greatest trainer of all time. So I have a bad taste in my mouth with the guy, but I have respect for what he's accomplished. But, I don't know how to feel about this. I, I know the drug in question is is kind of a uh, it's it's not a big deal, but there's a test for it for some reason. And uh, you know, I've heard things that he he they injected the hot maybe three days before the race before the derby, and I've heard that all all they did was you know rub ointment on his on his rear end, much like Brandon does with. <laughs> That's that's my knees, my knees. <laughs> I I would recommend horse for that. <laughs> Rub horse linen, and it'll loosen your knee up. But uh, uh, just interested in seeing what you guys think. I, this is like I said, this is, I'm out of my element. I'm I'm more concerned about speed figures and pedigrees and and dirt to turf and turf to dirt and stuff like that. This is this is something that I I, I can't I can't say that. I can speak intelligently on. Uh, I know there's a problem in the game. I know there's a lot of trainers that have been caught cheating over the years, whether it be milkshaking a horse or injecting hocks or tapping knees. And, and I mean, just just horse welfare be damned. But here we are. And now we've got a, a positive test in the Kentucky Derby. And horse racing's got the biggest black eye probably that it, it, it has ever received. Uh, Alan, uh, any thoughts about my 10 minute tirade? Oh, I think you, you're, I think, I, I think you actually probably toned yourself down. I don't think it's called a tirade. I think you're trying to be as measured as possible because I know you're rather upset about this and you should be. Everyone is. I am. Uh, it's been talked ad nauseum uh, for four days. It should have been within the industry and actually unfortunately nationwide as well too correct it's uh we've made all those 
horseshit network news programs that come on in the uh, evening and stuff. Horse racing has managed to filter into that, and that's not a good thing. Um, the composite, it's could there have been something innocent that happened this past week? Perhaps it's unlikely, it's unlikely. But when you look at everything as a composite, uh, it's dirty. It's and I'm I'm a huge believer in due process, as Tom mentioned earlier. I mean, I mean, we all should be. We're Americans and stuff. Sometimes that gets forgotten about in this age of social media, where we want to just hang everybody and make a judgment right off the bat, whether it be politically or whatever. We're all entitled to due process, and and Bob is too. That said, you're also entitled to your own opinion. And uh, what's happened, for, for just from an amalgam of everything put together, it looks it's bad. It's bad. Uh, you you don't get the benefit of the doubt after number six, after number thirteen, after number eighteen. And um, and and also with the way he handled, it, he handled it extremely poorly. Going on those shows and his story changed, and he didn't. They never gave him better, whatever better methadone or whatever. Uh, then they then they acknowledged that they did. The piss hay story was ludicrous. Uh, so the guy, I don't know if the guy realizes he's like a lot of other people in the public realm who don't realize whatever goodwill that they think they have, they no longer have. And people just don't particularly care for them as much anymore. So when you, when you, when you've hit, when you start to wear that black hat thing, you can't imagine that, um, that you're going to get a lot of public sentiment or people on your side. So it's, it's a, it's a black eye for the sport. It's, it's depressing. The Preakness is ruined. I don't care. Anybody says the Preakness is ruined. His horses honestly should not be allowed to run in, in the, in the race. Um, that, then again, I, I don't know why his horses were allowed to run Saturday. I've been very clear about that. That test, those tests were being done early Saturday. We had heard the rumors that they were in the backside. So as much credit as I give Churchill for saying no more backward for a while, I also wonder why Churchill allowed his horses to run on Saturday. Let's talk uh, about that real quick. Uh, that, that, yeah. That was races seven and nine, as I recall. Now, race seven wasn't as damning to me as race nine was. I think – uh, the the filly in question there was race seven is Hamiko, who was a, basically the recipient of a uh, an internal speed duel. Agreed. But they, he's also he's also getting into that horse on the turn too. I thought right. that horse was done. But you're right. right, it's not as egregious as the race two races later. You're right. The race that was kind of a blanket finish. But race nine featured Crystal Ball, who is a is a Grade One stakes place filly. But it was one in one of the weaker grade one races of 2020. But she came back in her second start last week, had everything her own way early in the race. Uh, Chris Landeros was riding uh, the outside horse who was uh, market rumor, market rumor, who was the second choice in the race. Landeros ranged up on the outside of her around the far turn, looked her in the eye, and he was just gone. Chilly. He was absolutely setting chilly. Florent Giroux was all in. I mean, he was pumping as hard as he can, could to try to get the Philly in the race. I mean, Market Rumor was supposed to win that by three, four lengths. Easy. And they got the top of stretch, and and uh, Crystal Ball looked just just re rallying what we call re-breaking, which is just basically you, you're beat, but then you find a, a second win. And she just went on to win. And it, it just, I, I have it's no surprise. I, you it's cannot. Surprise. You cannot draw a conclusion. I mean, like somebody like me, I, I all I can do is speculate. I don't have any proof one way or the other. That look, that look shaky as hell to me. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I'm usually, and I usually try to keep a balanced approach to that stuff. 
I don't like uh, I don't like things like. But everybody at the racetrack, we were there on Saturday. Everybody at the racetrack was like, "Well, that's shady as hell." I mean, Florent Giroux, because I bet the Superfect in that race, folks. I'll, well, full disclosure, I bet the Superfect market rumor is on top. Now I'm not upset that my horse got beat. I thought I was going to lose the Superfecta because I uh, had placed Crystal Ball second and third. I've watched races a lot of my whole life. I can usually tell what's going to happen, you know, before the finish. I thought I lost my ticket because I did not think Crystal Ball was going to hit the Superfecta. That's that's how bad, how much Florandre was getting into the horse. I thought the horse might run last, perhaps fifth. And you expect Landerals to win by six on market rumor, and all of a sudden the horse come back. So there was obviously something – unsettling right there so and then not long after that the news broke so that's what we're referring to the crystal ball yeah yeah and if, if i can take the horn for a second i wanted to point out a couple things you know uh pictogram or whatever the the milligram microgram a gram i i you know it's it's still registered and they know what's banned and what's not banned i mean yeah and especially on Derby, the biggest race of the year, you're going to be watching your horse. You're going to know what's going in and out of that horse, how much feed the horse has had, almost how much the horse has drank. You're probably going to know what the horse weighs the day before. But I, I want to give a self-promotion to our good friends at Wagner's, you know, 3113 South 4th Street, you know, on the backside. Everybody goes and have a great breakfast, maybe lunch as well. I got I got Wagner's Racehorse Liniment. It's a local veterinary aid, and I'm gonna tell you what's in this thing. Active ingredients: thymol, menthol, menthol solicitate, capsium, salicylic acid, oils of juniper and pine, and 75% alcohol. So there's no banned substance in there, but yeah, they, yeah. They use it for racehorses. Yeah. That sounds like a Coors Light. Well, it, it goes actually next to my Miller Light and my run shoes. So in the morning, I put on my knees if I get to run. But if anyone's seen me in the last four months, I haven't ran. I've gained about 20 pounds. So I'm just telling you, it's for bruises, minor injuries, superficial wounds, pain, and stiffness caused by exposure, sprains, or strains. It also has ingredients from CC and Allen. I don't even know what those are, but you know, <laughs> let's just go ahead and rub it on there. <laughs> <You do. laughs> but, but anyway, I, yeah, uh, I, I, it's frustrating. We're not going to pretend it's not frustrating. The, the man deserves his due process, although he shot himself in the foot with his conflicting stories. Uh, so, it's, again, it's just a composite of things over the years and, and such. So, d- 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 sympathy is, is is there's not a lot of it right now. Let's let's put it that way, just to be to be. And again, I'm like CC. I don't pretend to know about veterinary uh, medicines. I, I'm medicinally ignorant overall in general, just for things for humans. Uh, so I, I don't. That's not my ballpark. That's not my wheelhouse. But again, this one smells. Let's face it. This what? one smells. So let me play devil's advocate. So. Let's look at some of the biggest races that he's won over the last five years. Let's start with American Pharaoh, Justify, Authentics Derby, and Breeders' Cup Classic, and Medina Spiritual Derby. They they basically handed the race the races yeah. silver platter by not going with it. I mean, he just he was lone speed in all of those American the only uh, American Pharaoh's Preakness I think was Mr. Z. 
may have gotten the lead on him early. That and then Justify uh, was challenged by Good Magic, and he almost lost. Had it been three strides more, Justify would have lost. And I think maybe what tenfold might have been the previous winner of Bravazo. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But uh, a lot of the other races, nobody, there's no speed horses anymore, other than what Baffert trains, and they hand the race to him on a silver platter, and he wins. And then it it, it looks shady, but it's on the other hand, uh, you know, there's no there's no race riding anymore. So and for all I know, those races may, are maybe on the up and up. But, yeah, when you when you train when when you train a horse for the Derby and you're you're training to get the distance stamina, and then you've got that inherent cruising speed too that's not pressed uh, early on, and you don't have to fight through with sprinters and such. Yeah, I mean, th- so that is a recipe to win those races. Uh, that's the way those races, especially at three years old, going a mile and a quarter. That's how they're won. So I, I get that point as well too. So well, I would say American Pharaoh. If you ever seen a horse move, it's a picture of how a horse should move that can win every time going out. That horse had the best ride, glided like nothing I've ever seen in my life. In person, on yep. video. I, and then he tr- he tried to duplicate that for years after that. Perhaps. I don't know. That's a speculation. But American Pharaoh did not. I, I feel very confident, especially when he was a two-year-old, because I've seen those videos on YouTube. That thing moved like like no other. Right. Well, to that point, and I've heard this before, that the, there's a very good chance Baffert's not using a an in-race drug, but he's using something to make these horses bounce back after the race that is is aiding in in their uh, their their ability to 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 make it through the triple crown. Uh, you know, I mean that was a that was a well and just. Just think of last year uh, with Authentic. Authentic won the Derby, came back to narrowly missing the Preakness, and then he won the Breeders' Cup Classic. I, you don't, you rarely see trainers try to make three races in that span of time anymore. Yeah. But Authentic did it, and he was thriving. So I, I've always wondered maybe if Baffert is using something to get his horses to bounce back after the race. And, you know, it's the same with Justify. You just, there's been no other trainer come, you know, there's no other trainer that has won nearly as many triple crowns as Baffert. I mean, he almost won it with almost every one of his derby winners, uh, Silver Charm and Real Quiet and War Emblem. And and then with uh, these two, uh, Justify and American Pharaoh. So he, he's doing something that, that can help these horses get through the grind of, of a uh, – uh, uh, big races in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I got. I'm off my soapbox now. That's, that's enough about that. It's been talked to death. We, we did our, we did our due diligence and stuff, but that said, I don't think we're going to talk about Pimlico and not because it's, well, we are going to talk about Pimlico for like two minutes. Cause Brandon's okay. got horse running Friday. Oh, that's right. I apologize. The Alaire DuPont distaff going, I think a mile and eighth. That's on Friday. Uh, dream a little dream of you has entered, Brandon. Uh, I, I assume you're not going, but you be watching from afar. Well, I mean, typically I would go, but I've had some disruptions. I got to stay in town, and and I got to work for a living so, to so, support my habits. This being <laughs> one of them, but I tell you, I'm thrilled. I, I think the horse needs a race. This is the race. I think she's in a. A really good uh, overall training spot. She's running really well. She's had maintenance works. 
She's eager in the morning to do more. She's relaxed. Uh, she shipped out. I did not get to see her before she shipped, but this is a big step, guys. I mean, I'm, I couldn't believe I, I could tell you that, you know, we won the Latonia Stakes, uh, and that was in March. I mean, that's incredible. The late latter part of March of this year, and uh, to win a listed stake race, I'm thrilled. I don't want to keep bragging about myself, but you know how hard this game is. It's incredible. And, uh, d you know, it was I thrilled that Cox entered another horse. No, not really. <laughs> but, um, but I think Horologist has got really a, a very big opportunity to, to do to do really well in this race. That That's the horse to beat, I think. Um, but you, you never know with the day. You know, the last time she ran on, you know, fast, fast dirt, uh, you know, she did, she ran really well. Uh, but so, so we'll see, you know, she ran against some big horses. Uh, in Bhutan was, was the winner the last time I think she ran on fast dirt. So uh, we'll see what happens. We're in the game and that's what it's all about. Best of luck. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's go talk about Churchill Downs on Saturday. Uh, it's a very, very nice car, 11 race car, capped off by the Louisville Handicap, uh, which will be the 11th race. Actually, it's just the stakes, Louisville. Well, I'm not sure what it is. It doesn't say, but it's our, our grade three uh, race, mile and a half on the grass. I always like this race, and I hope it holds together. It's a 14-horse field, so this, is, uh, this could be a really outstanding rendition. But uh, uh, I want to talk about the late pick five, but anybody have anything in the races before? Yeah, I'll be busy Saturday. So if, if, if I'm even able to play, it'll be a, a, it'd be a blessing. Uh, again, Pimlico, with everything going on there, we're just going to bypass that. And they got 26% takeout on their pick four, super effective, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, best of luck to them. I hope they, I hope they do well. But we're going to discuss a little bit of Churchill. Uh, race four, I'll make this quick. Uh, again, we don't have morning line in front of us. But I kind of like nurturing. And race four, the, the one horse, uh, it's a $20,000 maiden claimer going a, a one-turn mile. This horse competed well at Turfway. Thought uh, – Mike McCarthy, and she ran into a couple of buzzsaws for the level at Turfway Song of Innocence. It was uh, Jonathan Thomas. Polka Plente was geeked to the gills and had a monster race on Jeff Ruby Day for Paula Lobo. So I think this horse has competed fairly well. This field is not that tough. Uh, you've got the horse, Tom Amos horse on the outside. It should set some, probably set the pace. And it's not. It should not be a very quick pace. I could see Tyler Gaffley on uh, getting this horse in, into the race early and maybe able to wear down Tom Amos and whomever else late. So give me nurturing as an early pick for me in race four. Alan, I like that pick a lot, man. And uh, our good friend Justin Curran, I'm sure would would give a thumbs up. All right. I hope Justin approves. I hope he wins. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, that's all I got early, I guess. So, all right, so let's just let's point it out for the fans. Number four, or excuse me, race four, number one, nurturing. And we don't have morning line, so. Uh, I'm thinking three to one. This is my guess. Seven to two. I might be yeah. wrong about that, but that's pure speculation. I think you, you're, you're, you're close. So uh, let's turn the page. Uh, anybody in race five or six that, that you guys like? Uh, looking here. Well, there's, we, we mentioned, again, we should mention again, Tom – 
Tom Drury, our guest, talked about he has a horse in race three, and he has uh, Lady Frosted in here. So just from a from a, a buddy standpoint, I'll be pulling for his uh, his Lady Frosted here. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for the horse. I mean, a good filly out of Frosted, you know, uh, well conditioned. Uh, I like I like seven I like the seven furlongs, but cutting back to six, you never know. I think the horse has got a lot of early speed. Yeah, I yeah. think the horse could compete well in here. That's number four, Lady Frosted. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get into late pick five, race six looks really tough. Uh, any anybody like anything there before we before we go? Eh. I mean, it's, I think it's a fun race to watch. I I don't have anything uh, strong in there. I, Commander's Palace ran a huge race last time, but it was a weak field. But uh, I don't have anything in there per se. No. I mean, if you want to break your maiden for a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, I mean, this is the place to be, but I, wish uh, I, I you know, I, I, I would take a shot at, at probably Cassie's horse commander's palace, but I, I don't like, you know, going a mile on the turf being you know, on the outside. It's a tough spot, but I love Florent getting them out. I, uh, I wish I'd got a hundred thousand dollars when I broke my maiden all so many moons ago. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, that- if you want a saddle for a hundred thousand dollars and, and gallop around the, the turf course. You give me a thousand, I'll be out there. <laughs> There's a horse in this race called Naked on the Beach, by the way, but uh, uh, that's enough about race six now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are, are they looking for this race to come off? You think because there's so many, you know, AE sitting on the, the uh, sideline? It depends on the weather. I haven't looked I don't at the, know weather. the weather. I have no idea. Uh, let me see. My, uh, it's gonna be good. 73 and, and cloudy Saturday. We're good. It's supposed to rain till Sunday. Okay, moving on. All right, let's get into the to, to late pick five. It starts with race seven. It's an in in or excuse me, a other than allowance race, mile and three sixteenths on the dirt. I like a horse in here a lot. Me too. But uh, well, Alan, you you kick it off then. Oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I guess a lot is a bit of a strong word, but I am on uh, Dak Daniels. Dak Daniels uh, because. Oh, again, you never know what you're going to get with Sisterson. This horse started to get good last year, and the comeback try was not great. It was a stakes race with Lone Rock, Rise the Guy, some experienced mile-and-a-half horses. I think this horse this might just been used as, as a bit of a prep. The horse ran without Lasix last time because it was in a stakes race. Gets Lasix today. Cuts back to a mile and three-sixteenths. If you look at his form cycle last year, uh he had a nice dirt try at Keeneland in October uh, and got a win and then exploded with a really nice race on uh, – that was Breeders' Cup Day or the day before Breeders' Cup. I'm not with, against Rocketry, ran a career figure. Maybe the uh, the, the race back got in tight, getting late back. Uh, might be a little bit of a price. So I'm going to I'm gonna say – I said I like the horse a lot. I might be a bit of a pushing it, but I would I would wager on Dak Daniels. He's a bit of an inconsistent sort, granted, but what the hell. Now let's hear what you got, CC. I'm interested in the rail horse, Clayton the Lionheart. I mm-hmm. And I, here's the reason why. Uh, two starts back, this horse was extremely wide. He was five wide on both turns. Broke from yeah. the hole going a mile 16. Uh, he, he was beating them a lot by a pretty decent horse named Trident Hit, but he, he, he was uh, beating seven and a half lengths on a wide trip. Yeah, I bet him. When he came back, he ran a mile and nine sixteenths because I was just 100% sure that he was going to get a rail trip or they were going to try to save ground. Uh, 
he did break from the seven hole, but it was a mile nine sixteenth, so it was a little bit different configuration. So he had a chance to save ground, but he really didn't. He, he was three wide most of the trip. I think part of it was the jock was trying to relax the horse, and sometimes they, they'll they'll send him out in the middle of the drag track to try to try to to uh, to relax them a little bit so they don't run off. It was a mile nine sixteenth, so it, it, you know it was uh, it was all about uh, slow fractions early. Uh, the horse finished second, beaten by a Michael Lauer horse that I had totally dismissed named Strong Tide. Well, we now know Strong Tide came back to win on Oak, uh, Oaks Day, going on yeah. the turf from wire to wire. So I'm going to give Clayton the Lionheart another chance here. And he does pick up six pounds, but I like the the rider switch to Gabriel Saez. I think his horse, he's going to get a nice trip. I think he needs to sit on big effort, especially on the turn back, going from he's, he's – what is this about uh, three furlongs shorter than what he what he raced last time? So I I like him. I like your horse as well. Preakness distance mile three sixteenth on Preakness day. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, um, did you all? I think you overlooked something in this race, guys. Turn again, tide. I'm guessing, right? Uh, yeah, a big <laughs> one. Larry's horse. Larry's horse coming out. This is a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar purchase. I know. This horse is graduating in style. Be careful. Watch out. Why don't you just box one, two, and three? Try. Go ahead and super it and super three horses. Can you do that? Because I think it's good. <laughs> it's going to be one, uh, two, or three. I expect Turning and Tide to be favored. But, yeah, the horse the horse continues to improve. Definitely, definitely the one to beat. Yep. And All right. Star Rider. Hold on, I'm not done. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, Lee, your horses have taken 18 and 27 starts, and this horse has had three, two, two starts. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where my money goes if I'm playing. <laughs> All right. Just to, be, just to be clear, I'm on the one, Clayton the Lionheart. Allen's on the two, Dak Daniels. And Brandon is on the three, Turnigan Tide. And I, would add, and I would also add that Dak Daniels, is by the the dam Tennessee whiskey. Continue on. Race eight. Six furlong maiden special weight for the males. There's a couple in here that I think probably will receive the bulk of the play. Uh, anybody want to speak up before I give my spiel? Well, I would I would think that the the money's going to show towards time leverage by Steve Asmussen and uh. And Silver Spur for Brad Cox is my guess. Uh, but, yeah, you go ahead. Well, that yeah, that was one of the two that I thought would probably, you know, that, that that's going to be on most of your tickets. Tom Leverage making his three-year-old debut for Aspington. He's been uh, – he worked a bullet uh, on May 8th, and that was last weekend. And, you know, his first race he was beaten by a highly motivated and known agenda. That was a highly rated – yeah. Maiden breaker. So, you know, this horse is probably going to be even money, six to five. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, his first Lasix gets probably the one of the best jockeys left in the jocks room because a lot of them are uh, Pimlico, but he gets Tyler Gaffley on. And, of course, uh, I'm sure I know who Brandon picks. We'll, we'll, we'll go to Brandon next, but uh, who, who do you like here? Uh, you know, I think the Nyquist side uh, horses – uh, these Colts could be uh, something to watch. Everybody knows, you know, Brad Cox is probably going to have a good one here. But I thought an interesting one is is the 
Crisilli's tail, you know, the tail of a cotty horse uh, by a dam of, uh, you know, by pulpit. I thought this horse could have a shot. I like Dallas Stewart. I, I don't like the outside post. I think there's going to be maybe a scratch or two on the inside. Maybe they condense down. Because, uh, you know, it just typically happens with these types of horses. But I thought this horse could actually hit the board. Uh, it'll probably be better on turf later on, but let's sprint this horse and see what happens. And you're going to get a price. I love when Dallas and Colby actually match up. They're in the money quite often. And uh, I thought this was a unique first time starter. All right, Al. Oh, uh, well, I, again, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago, I, I do believe that Steve Aspen rightfully so with time leverage going to take a lot of the money. And I believe Silver Spur Brad Cox is going to be a heavily bet. I think those are going to be your two. So I'm not going to – I per se will not pick a horse to win in this race because, you know, I don't have a strong opinion. The the suggestion I might have is either A, you single, if there's somebody you really like, or B, since whenever the public gravitates to two horses, which I believe they will here, that's when you make a pick. If you can beat – it's not just that you can beat a single. Can you beat two horses that are heavily bet uh, in, in, a, in a multi-race sequence? If you can do that, uh, that's when you really get – that's when you really uh, – gain equity that's when you really have a chance to make some money so if i were playing if i could single elsewhere i would i would use those two but i would also use a uh, horse i may not like quite as much but for the reasons i just outlined i'd use mischievous rogue for uh, william counts brian Hernandez. horse horse ran in supremacy on jeff ruby day thought the horse had a little shot that day maybe the dirt moves him up a little bit gets brian Hernandez. i would use that one because i want to have a contrarian pick uh, the Steve, maybe Steve Asmus is playing a little poker with uh, Walker's Quist on the inside. That's another uh, Nyquist horse that's run pretty well in his first start against Lesser. Maybe he's playing a game. The uh, Wilkes horse on the inside. I would use those three horses in addition to the top two and hope that maybe I got a little lucky and maybe open up some, uh, open something up. But do I have a pick? No, not necessarily. You're going to yeah. be surprised by a four-year-old. Yeah, maybe. You might. Oh, and I forgot Dan Pites. I always use Dan Pites underneath the first time stars from Shadwell. But that that's a that's a super effective play. That's a super effective tip. Dan Pites underneath. But go ahead, CC. Time leverage and Silver Spur are probably your A horses. Silver Spur Silver Spur cost two hundred and seventy thousand dollars as a two year old last year. He's by anchor down who only stood for five thousand dollars. So you know this horse was a looker. Uh, my only issue maybe is the horse has been working at Keeneland. He's not with the, the Cox first string. But I think we saw last year Cox had a string in Ellis Park, and, and some of those horses came came in to win in the fall for the barn. So I don't know if I put too much stock in the horse being at Keeneland. Right. So, yeah, I mean, your A's are going to be the five-time leverage and the a, eight silver spur. And I, I agree with you, Alan, that uh, maybe use the Nyquist horse, uh, the two Walker's Quist for Asmussen making his second start, although that first start was at Delta Downs, and uh, yeah. I'm not sure why he was there. I would also add real quick, I see the horse got beat. Take, I take it back on, on Walker. That horse got beat by Sage Harbor by four lengths. That horse is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I renounce my Walker's quest. Uh, I would just save money and not throw him in the pick four. <laughs> I, okay. I apologize. Well, there is another Nyquist in here. That's number seven, Tara Watt, uh, who was absolutely awful. But that was a very, very tough race. Yeah. Well, See, he was trained by Baffert, and Happy Mac came back to break his maiden at Oakland in his next start. So, 
you might want to take a look at terawatt number yeah, seven. Yeah, sub that one in. Sub that one in for the two for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, race nine is, I think, is very difficult as well. It's an allowance optional claimer, five and a half furlongs on the turf for fillies and mares. Non-winners are two. And this is, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways to go here, I think. Uh, Alan, you want to lead it off? Uh, again, no strong opinion. I hate to I hate to be sound so, you know, uh, wishy-washy, but I don't have a strong opinion. And if that's the case, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, make that known. Uh, I think I will default. It would be one of the quote-unquote default picks and maybe a horse that we've had success on in the past, dance rhythms uh, on the outside. Should get a clear trip. Uh, it's Rothfield Bay Hirano. Uh, we tied this horse last year at one and about the same time this year, uh, same time as last year. Uh, I think the horse might trip well. The horse, I think the winner may need to be up close because I don't think there's a ton of speed in this. Maybe Rothfield Bay Hirano, who knows this horse very well, can get him up closer than ordinary, and maybe he can make that move in the lane. But again, I'll I'll add that it's not a strong pick. I I, I think it's a difficult race. Brandon. Alan, I'm with you, man. And, I, you know, obviously there's another Brad Cox entry here. But I, I looked to the the very inside, and I looked at another horse by Curlin that's cutting back. It looks to be a sprinter. So I'm, I'm picking Golden Curl, number three, as well as Sarah C, number one. I, I love the change of ground for Sarah C coming back on the turf. Do I like the trainer and the win percentage? No. However, uh, uh, it's a very unique play, and I play for, I play to make money. So I want this horse to be 10, 20 to 1, sprinting on turf, going, ha- you know, half the distance the last time I went out on the turf at Churchill. I think that's a really good shot. Yeah. Know, definitely to finish in the money. But then I, I don't know. I hate. I'm convicted there. I've liked that horse for a while. You know, I've played it on and off over the years. Uh, and then Golden Curl, uh, Joe Sharp owns, and uh, George Sharp, not Joe Sharp. But uh, I thought this horse has a really good chance. Uh, tons of sprint, sprint throughout for the trainer. A lot of figures that fit. Uh, maybe another long shot. Uh, Drayden Van Dyke up. So, uh, you know. Uh, just a lot of different potential, a lot of angles there. Do I like Curlin sprinting? No, I don't. But the form of this horse is reading the sprint, and they keep taking them long. So it's about time they, they cut them back, and they cut them back all the way to five and a half. All right, CC, you got an opinion? I think dance rhythm, excuse me, dance rhythm is where you start. Uh, just because yeah, Foley Barn has really been, been hot first couple weeks of the meet. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I think she's probably sitting on it. There's enough speed in here that she's going to get a, a, a rally. I also like number four, Violenza, for the Wilkes Barn. Me this, too. Yeah, this filly's yep. making the third start off a short layoff. And this is another one that's going to be closing late. I think Mandaro's, you know, he, he'll probably give us a good ride. She had trouble last time. But that was a tough field. And then prior to that, she finished second at Gulfstream on that rock-hard turf course. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, with four-year-old improvement, she might be, uh, sitting on a big race. Uh, ghosting Kim is a, is a filly that I, I kind of like. She's another one that's, uh, she's making her third, fourth start of her four-year-old campaign. She's got a really nice pedigree. Polanca City was, uh, I think is a good producer. Uh, you know, she's won two in a row. 
So I think there's a lot of ways to go here. Uh, I like to use a few in these turf sprints because you, know, you might get a log jam. Yeah. But I would be remiss if I did not mention Perfect Happiness, who I thought this filly was a lock to win the Kentucky Oaks last year. She she broke her maiden. She won by eight and a, eight and a quarter lengths. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is uh, Larry Jones going to win the Oaks again. But it, as it turned out, she came back in her next start and absolutely ran off with uh, the apprentice, Kelsey Haar. And then it seemed like no, nothing went right since then. Uh, she, she did she did find her form late last year at Ellis and, and Churchill. But uh, last time she was sent off at even money against a moderate, just an average, but above average field, or excuse me, an average field. And she went to the lead and, and quit. Uh, maybe she needed to start, and she comes back some extra turf debut. Majestic Perfection has sired some turf winners, so I think in her first start on turf, I think she's worth using as well. Definitely. That's all I have. And if things don't get worse, <laughs> race ten is just uh, to me. It's a three. It's fifty thousand dollar claimer, non-winners of two races going. Up the one-turn mile. I have a horse that I like, but I'm not real confident about him. Uh, Brandon, let's go to you. Oh, this one's scary, man. I I kind of looked at Phil Bauer and Rigney Racing and Coach Bay, Coach Bay, as well as AK Safari. I, you know, Phil Bauer's a great trainer for the Rigney family and the, and the Rigney Racing. Uh, I, I think with this drop, this is a big drop. I think this is where the horse can fit and fit to win. AK Safari, I just like Vicky Oliver's trained this horse for a little bit of time. I, I think there could be a big upside to this horse uh, by this drop here. You know, obviously the horse is for the tag. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, you can go a thousand different places here. Uh, I love the Dallas Stewart horse, the number one, Akati's Merv. But really, th- those are my, my really top three, unless you want to go all the way outside to strike and oppose. I really couldn't take a big stance here. I think this 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 card could be challenging. Well, what I've noticed at Churchill so far, and it's very still it's very early. It's really hard to catch prices. And even if you do in the pick four, the pick four will pays are so low. I thought they would be bigger. In a lot of places, and and I, I just don't see the pool of money, and I'm getting surprised. Hmm. Maybe it's maybe just me, but I've been watching. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit after Derby. I, I haven't been on the pod since Derby. I didn't get to play much at Derby. You know, things kind of changed for me in the afternoon, uh, and I definitely didn't box Bafford. So, hmm. you know, whatever, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Anyway, anyway, Alan. Uh, I'll take a stand here. What the hell? It's a tough race, but I'm going to agree with Brandon. I like Coach Bahi here. Uh, do I love Coach Bahi or Bahi or whatever? No. Uh, but, again, in these races where everybody's going to spread, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stand with this one. Uh, this horse last year had the misfortune of six lifetime starts, never caught a fast track. He ran on turf one time. And the, all the other five races were in pretty bad conditions, slop and mud. Uh, did break his maiden, and they and actually beat a case of Fari at uh, at the fairgrounds. 
and then just ran in the Rebel, ran against Mr. Big News uh, in Oakland's big stakes, and then actually passed horses uh, back in past six horses back in February at Oakland. Uh, ran into tried and hit and Ashar was a really good race. Showed a little speed, a little tactical speed. Finally got fast footing, and now on the the drop, if 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 that if that uh, early foot translates to an up more up close position, maybe he can go by these horses in the lane, which all of them are a little iffy here. So I'll, I'll take Coach Bahi, and I'll live with this pick. Yeah, I'm right with you. That's the one I like. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, well, maybe he's gonna be six to five. <laughs> there's a couple horses in here I would fade, starting with, and, and, and this is gonna come back to bite me. The the three Osser. Yeah, me too. If this if the, if the workout line is correct, this horse it, it was in Bel at Belmont today, May twelfth. Oh, yeah, that's today, May twelfth. That horse is in New York. He's gonna ship down here and run on Saturday. Uh, I, I just. I've, I've used that angle before where a, a maker will ship from New York. I think I just don't like that uh, right on top of the race for these, you know, lesser class horses. I think maybe it takes a little bit out of them. They may need to acclimate a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to fade him. The other one I uh, always gets bet is number nine, Copper King. This horse oh, always yeah. gets bet. Now he broke oh, yeah. through in his 16th start at Houston on the grass, but that was at nine to five in that, that, that field couldn't hold a candle to what's in this race no. but uh yeah but I, I, I he will not be on any ticket of mine no i suppose handy's got a shot for deodoro but i'm fine with coach bahi i'm fine singling there and just uh and take whatever take whatever happens yeah i think you gotta you gotta take a look at number seven handy for deodoro uh uh this horse you know he, off the claim he almost won uh for this at the same level so uh, and he, he had a sneaky good Derby week, so I think you uh, you need to take notice there as well. Let's talk about the feature race, the finale. This will be 5:58, so I assume it's probably going to be roughly an hour before the Preakness. The the Louisville mile and a half on turf, 150,000 dollars is a Grade Three. And who wants to go first? There's a lot of ways to go here, in my opinion. There is. And generally speaking, that's what I would ordinarily do. But I'm going to go boring, and I'm going to go um, take Arklo. I'm going to take uh, the old warrior, was one about $3 million. I'm going to take Arklo. And I'll, ordinarily, this kind of spot I'm looking, I'm like, man, give me something. Find me a price. I'm going to beat Arklo on the return because sometimes he's, he's, a lot of times he's disappointed on the return. Um, so, but then I look at the race a little closer. And Arklo lays over these horses if he's right he lays over the majority of this field if he's right you go back three back on Arklow. he was kind of uh mundane last year thought maybe it was time to hang it up they put blinkers on Arklow, three back and he responded with three of the best efforts of his career one of those is a little muddled up because it was in the in the breeders cup turf but uh ran career figures at at, at late in the six-year-old year once they put blinkers on him it turned into a new horse i heard brad cox say the same thing that you would you wouldn't believe that this this horse is a new horse. Now will that translate to a seven year old year and the first race of of the year? I don't know, but on class, with the exception of perhaps Red Knight and someone else in here, uh, I have to take another quick look. It is 
Yeah, that, he, he over he he lays over the field class wise. So if he's if he's right, and I thought this before with Arklo where he would lay over field and didn't quite uh, respond, but I do believe he's the one to beat here. I think uh, a bit of a price, maybe won't be a price, is Crafty Daddy for Ken McPeak on the outside. Horse run two sneaky good races in a row. Maybe someone to use with Arklo. And again, Red Knight ran too poorly last time. A horse of his talent to, to run that badly again. But uh, give me Arklo and a boring pick, and I really acknowledge it's a boring pick. I don't, know. I don't blame you here, buddy. Uh, I'm taking two Ar- Ar- Argentinian breads. Uh, Fantasio. Who CC will pick? And Go then, ahead. Uh, Imperador. <laughs> you know, these two, they, they, they've clashed before. Uh, one of them's got the better of the other. Uh Back in 2019, I think Emperor has got a big race here for Paul Lobo. And uh, Joe Talmo always wants to go to lead. I don't know if he's going to do that with this horse, but uh, going a mile, mile and a half on turf, I mean, those are those are my plays, especially Julian Lepereau. He always seems to just French his way up there and get right into the wind. It's sneaky. And I love him on a mile and a half, so I've got to play him, especially on the turf. Ran a hell of a race in the Elkhorn. So, I mean, this this horse, Fantius, uh, how do you say it? Fantius Cioso. So, Fantasioso. So, Fantasioso. It's getting late. And I've always loved Spooky Channel, but I don't think Spooky's going to hold on this time. So, I'm playing the Argentinian breads against Arclo. All right, go ahead, Cece. Pick Fantasioso. Fantasioso. Well, yeah, I pick Fantasioso. But the, yeah, the other one I want to use is Spooky Channel, the three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason Barkley has that. Now, he's not having a good meet so far. But this horse ran second, a strong tide in a paceless race. And prior to that, there was a throwout in the Mervyn Muniz. That was a really tough, tough field. Go back three starts. He won the John B. Connolly at Houston. Uh, I think a mile and a half is his game. He's going to get a nice stalking trip. Uh, Francisco Arietta is a new jock here, but he rode at Oakland. He's, he's one of the better jocks at Oakland this winter. I think this horse is, uh, he may be overlooked just because of the claim to Barkley. So, you know. At ten to one, I think he's. You, you need to include him on your ticket. Right. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, like Fantasioso, uh, number seven, Red Knight might be dirtied up a little bit. I like it that they're bringing him back off the poor effort. Uh, he was three to one that day, and, and and no Lasix that might have something to do with performance. But I like it that they're bringing him back fairly quickly. So the horse must be doing well. So I think you seven Red Knight. You have to use ten Arklo. And if you want to uh, maybe include what could be a bomb, number nine, Monarchs Glen, for Mike Maker, uh, off to clean. Source, I think, was entered in the Elkhorn, and they yeah, scratched him. He was. Bring him back here, and this uh, duo has, has worked wonders with, uh, uh, I'm talking about Maker and the, and the owner, Michael Hui. They've, uh, they've teamed up for some stakes winners before that they claimed at, uh, at, at ripe ages. So, uh, anything else? That's all I have. That's that's enough. That's enough. I think we covered quite a bit. 
Now, over the next 12 hours, we're going to be uh, looking at Belmont, and then (laughs) we're also going to cover all of Australia. Yeah, they are. I got to go to bed. I'm an old man. (laughs) Me too. I got a long day tomorrow. Yeah. I got a a 7 a.m. work call, so. Oh, boy. I don't know about all that. That's really for me. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here then. It's been a it's been a long podcast. We hope you lasted the whole journey. Uh, good luck to Brandon on Friday. Yes. Good luck to Alan getting to work tomorrow. <laughs> and of course, good luck to me on Saturday. So, yes, of course. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll put a bow on this one and uh, hope to see you all next week where we'll have uh, a lot to review. I'm sure. And a lot to look forward to. So on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, this is CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home. Friday, 3 p.m. <laughs>